Welcome back to the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program's Race and Remembrance podcast series. This is your host, Alana Gomez. In this episode, we will be discussing the current context of racism at the University of Florida, focusing on the new initiatives aimed at addressing and amending these issues. Just as a reminder, the transcript of this episode will be available in the show notes, along with other relevant links to the SPOP website, the JBA collection, and further learning resources. Following the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020, the nation was propelled into a period of greater racial reckoning. Due to increased societal pressures, UF President Kent Fox released an email in June titled, Another Step Toward Positive Change Against Racism. The message called for reform in order to address the university's past and current racism. He designated three main goals, which include education, history, and representation. We will discuss the actions being taken toward these goals throughout the episode. But first, let's review the nature of race relations at UF in the past few years. Recently, the UF campus has continued to present an unwelcoming, uncomfortable environment for black students. First, there were the fraternity brothers who did blackface in 2012 and the Thug Lives Don't Matter graffiti painted on a campus bridge in 2014. Then there was the noose found in a lecture hall in January 2017. A month later, racial slurs were written on a classroom whiteboard during Black History Month. Then, there was a controversial visit from white supremacist Richard Spencer in the spring of 2018. Months later, at the 2018 spring graduation ceremony, a white faculty member wrestled black students off the stage when they attempted to show their pride with multicultural fraternity dances. Just two years ago, a black student faced verbal abuse and racial slurs from another student while in one of UF's student nighttime auxiliary patrol, or SNAP fans. All of these incidents, as well as the countless microaggressions that go unreported each day, create an unsafe atmosphere for the Black community at UF and highlight the racism present on campus to this day. In this clip, student Charlene Smith talks about her experience as a Black student at UF thus far, recounting what it was like during Richard Spencer's visit. Hands down, the most uncomfortable I've been on the University of Florida campus was the fall of 2017. It was my first year of grad school and the white supremacist Richard Spencer was scheduled to speak at UF. I remember feeling shocked because here we were in 2017, blatantly promoting white supremacist ideologies and violence. And it was an extremely uncomfortable and disappointing time. And although President Fuchs had sent a university-wide email denouncing white supremacy, after the fact, there was no reconciliation there was no check-in for students who were deeply affected by, by Spencer's speech. Effectively, there was not much regard for the implications of not only Spencer's speech, but his presence on campus. Being a Black student at UF is like being the undervalued, overlooked, adopted child in a celebrity family. You're only considered a member when it's convenient but when you need help and support, oftentimes you have no one to look to but yourself. It's not just Black students who have noticed this neglect, however. Black faculty understand their tenuous relationship with the university as well, often expressing the sense that they are only included when it is convenient. In this clip, Dr. John Johnson, past director of the Institute of Black Culture and assistant director of UF's Multicultural and Diversity Affairs, echoes similar sentiments. It felt at times like we were a good, good commercial. We were good for the image of the university, but that was sort of the main 
value that we contributed and there really was no effort or interest in us actually doing any significant change. The prevalence of racism on campus has prompted many students to call for change. In particular, the Black Student Union, or BSU, has been fundamental in demanding the university address these issues and take steps toward improvement. Before President Fox released the 2020 statement, BSU sent him a list of 10 demands titled Improve Race Relations Here at the University of Florida. In it, they write of their hopes for, quote, the safety and general well-being of all students at the University of Florida from a, quote, system that has shown time and time again that it does not value black individuals despite the claims made by various institutions. The demands were first released on BSU social media and later as a petition on change.org addressed to President Fox and UF. Here is Symphony Lindsay, this past year's president of the BSU, talking about what prompted the group to submit those demands and what such strong commitment says about their community. I wouldn't say there hasn't been an improvement among like the treatment for um, Black students here at the University of Florida, but there are definitely still instances that make being here, like being a student at the university harder for us. And it definitely like impacts our matriculation because we're stressed about like the societal and racial implications of being a black student here at the University of Florida. Though we are still experiencing some levels of challenge and um, oppression here, um, it definitely just shows that there is an opportunity to organize and create change. Um, Even if we are marginalized and a minority here at the University of Florida, it just gives me a bit of more understanding of what we as a people, once we organize and once we set our foot down, can accomplish. While President Fox assured Ms. Lindsay that his own statement of goals were made before the BSU demands, Lindsay had her doubts, especially since most of the initiatives labeled in the email revolved around their list. The official statement, which we will link in the show notes, details the university's plan to address racism and make improvements. Many of these goals are rather abstract in nature and lack measurable action steps being taken. Some progress has been made, however. Thus far, UF has ended the official use of the racist gator bait here, put a stop to the use of prison labor in university-affiliated sites, and removed a Confederate statue on UF property in St. Augustine. The plan also calls for the creation of multiple task force and research initiatives to look into UF's racial past. One of these committees is dedicated to reviewing building names on campus, researching their origin, and evaluating the relation to UF's publicly stated values. Dr. Stephen Knoll, who serves on this task force, offers his own thoughts on the importance of this effort and evaluates UF's current progress in light of multiple factors. What we're doing is important, getting the names of of everything and why and how, Um, but I also think there needs to be some movement on um, particular places on campus that have been um, targeted by um, protesters to get changed. I, I think it's not fast enough for students, and that's understandable. Students need to understand that, you know, they are only one constituency that the university serves, but their voice is important and needs to be heard. And they need to continue to push because people in power do not change simply because they want to change. They change because people who are not in power push them. As part of the plan to promote racial justice, UF dedicated $400,000 to new research initiatives aimed at studying race relations on campus. 
Just as a point of comparison, however, the university spent $500,000 just on security detail for white supremacist Richard Spencer's visit in 2018. Amidst public upset regarding Richard Spencer's visit and the racial incident at the spring 2018 graduation, UF created the position of Chief Diversity Officer to address minority issues. To some, this decision reflected the administration shifting responsibility away from themselves and onto a singular position. Here is Dr. Sharon Austin, a professor of political science and African-American studies at UF, on the pervasive nature of racism within the university and the need for a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to improve conditions. Over the years, I've seen not only here, but at other universities as well, minority scholars have gone up for tenure and they have had really strong records, but they've been told that they didn't publish in the right places. Um, and in many place, cases, it's because of the kind of research that they do and some of the top journals in their fields don't, don't uh, really publish that type of research. And so in many cases, these are people who are denied tenure. Um, so, I mean, that, that to me shows if you say that you're committed to diversity, you have to do more than just hire a chief diversity officer. You have to address those issues as well. Once created, the chief diversity officer position was filled by Antonio Farias in July of 2018. Farias explained that UF's repeated incidents with racism meant there was, quote, something systemic in the culture that needs to be addressed. The pervasive nature of inequality and injustice at the university suggests that its problems run deep within society and require intense, continuous work to amend. Dr. David Canton, director of UF's African American Studies program, expresses a similar sentiment and comments on the current movement towards change in this clip. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of changing the culture. I don't care how much I say it, it's going to take a massive university commitment, not just Black Studies. I can't carry all that, but we need a whole institutional commitment to change that. And that's why mm -hmm. we have the commemoration, commemoration and look at systems. We're not just, we know how this works. The one is, we know that. We know it's a system, it's a culture, and we're working to fight that. We're working to change that, and I think we can do it. I think oftentimes everything gets rooted in that one thing. Okay, change the name, but then we still have lack of Black student enrollment. We still are mm -hmm. making, still doing this, still doing that. So we got to be more than one-trick pony uh, activists or, or woke people. So fixate on one thing, then, it, okay. But, you know, there's, there's two things at once. We can chew and walk at the same time. While UF's new initiatives are a valuable step in the right direction, progress takes time and the work of racial justice will never truly be finished. This is a continuous battle, one that we must dedicate ourselves to as a university, nation, and society in hopes of constant improvement. To close out this episode, we would like to leave you with the words of Symphony Lindsay on UF's progress in race relations and the need to maintain momentum in the future. I would say that in many ways they have done better than in historically. Um, and I feel like in many ways they feel like they are trying to be helpful, but then there's always just like the acknowledgement that even if someone is trying or they think they're trying their best, it's still not the actual change that needs to happen. There has been movement towards change. Um, however, I don't, I will not feel comfortable unless I see like continuous and consistent action for those initiatives that were promised and the demands to be continuously like acknowledged. For more information on racism and the current efforts to address it at the University of Florida, please see the show notes to find additional resources and links to learn more. 
We hope the history shared here encourages you to keep fighting for truth, reconciliation, and justice in your own communities. Tune in next week for the final episode in this series. Until then, keep listening to the stories around you.